Hey, and welcome to another episode of Made in India. And if you didn't know this already, I'm your host, May. In the episode this week, I have Mumbai's very own Alia Qureshi, a pop rock and soul singer-songwriter who goes by the name Jali. I find out why she calls herself that and why we rant about defying gender norms, how one of the first songs she ever wrote was inspired by a dead frog, and making her daddy's catchphrase the name of her debut EP. But first, the music! Hi, my name is Jhalli. I'm on Made in India with me. And the first song I'm going to be performing is Dream Girl. You think of me as your personal dream girl. How could I be any more than I am? Make me somebody who's worthy of So I'm so excited to have you, Alia Qureshi, on the show, also known as 
Jelly. And that was Dream Girl. That was from your debut EP? EP, yeah. Awesome. So actually, I heard your music. It was, you know, something that was really different. It was interesting. And firstly, why did you call yourself Jelly? Because it means crazy. Is that what it means? Yeah. It means yeah. like a girl who's mad. Um, for me, my parents used to call me Jelly because I used to just like wear whatever I wanted. Like I'd wear these shoes with like, you know, a sari or something. And I was like just... Like the boots. They're basically. like, yeah, they're walker boots, combat boots. And I was just like, I like it. I like weird style. I like wearing men's clothes. I like just doing whatever I want, whatever I want to do to express myself. And they just thought that was like weird. And they were like, oh, stop being such a jhalli. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be even more of a jhalli. And I'm going <laughs> to embrace the name. Call myself jhalli. Yeah. You know what? It's so interesting that you say this because... I feel like, you know, the phrase tomboy, Mm -hmm. right? It was something that I used to use so much when I was younger and I hate it now. And I hate that phrase. Really? And like, I hate it because in the same way as you, I used to love baggy, you know, t-shirts and shirts. And I used to love wearing like big kurtas. Of course. I used to love wearing baggy clothes because I just felt more comfortable. And I labeled myself a tomboy. You know, someone else is like, oh, you dressed Mm -hmm. up like such a jelly or a tomboy or whatever. And I realized that, like, even though there was a phrase we use so often, I hate it now because one is that I feel like there's this level of you're not feminine enough, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I think I don't like that. And the other is that there is also this connotation of you trying to be a boy as though you're aspiring to be that. Yes, 100%. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not aspiring to be a dude. (laughs) That's such an interesting point because it's so true that, like, femininity is seen as such a kind of like it's looked down upon so many slurs and like insults are used for the feminine but it's also like you have to be feminine otherwise like you're not a part of society people will constantly be like who's gonna marry you if you dress like that it's like someone who doesn't give a shit about dumb stuff (laughs) like or nobody like why is that my goal to aspire to you know like marriage or being liked or being thought of as like pretty that's actually what dream girl is about yeah Um, yeah it's about just kind of Me specifically, and I feel like a lot of other women probably, trying to attain this ideal, this pinnacle of like femininity, but not just Mm. old school femininity where you just had to be like pretty and like kind of compelling, but also like be cool, be funny, be smart, like be all these things that a man would want. And then finally just losing your identity and being like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I can Mm. never make everybody happy no matter how hard I try. Absolutely. And that idea that you have Mm. to live up to uh, someone else's expectations Mm. of you rather than you just being your, in quotes, authentic self. Yeah. It's so funny when I I read, yeah, I did my uh, massive research on uh, you, Alia. You stalked me. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) I have to. This is uh, my show. I have to know everything about you. I stalked you too. (laughs) (laughs) So in the same way, it really made me think, Because I also think that what you wear doesn't necessarily have to define who you are or Mm -hmm. even what sexuality you are. Mm -hmm. Like, I always feel like what you wear is, if I'm going to wear a baggy t-shirt because I feel like I want to wear a baggy t-shirt, it's not like this is the only part of my identity. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You can dress up in whatever way you want. I can be outrageous one day and I can be super straight-laced the other day. And it doesn't have to be... This is only me and I have to be in this compartmentalized box. 100%. Yeah, sorry. Ranting. (laughs) I'm glad you said that because I relate to that so much. And I think it's things like tomboy, jhalli and stuff that I kind of want to reclaim. 
Um, tomboy a little less because it has the word boy in it, like you said, aspiring to be a boy, yeah. like as if. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> there's enough yeah. in this world. Fifty-one um, percent, to be precise. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's more like Jhali. I I found specifically. I, I found it actually very empowering because it's like to me being a Jhali was just doing what you wanted, being free spirited, being creative, being rebellious, and I, these are all qualities that I really admire in people. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to bring this into my artistry. And maybe Alia is a bit more meek. Maybe Alia doesn't always say what's on her mind. Maybe Alia like lets things go. But I want Jhali to be a fucking force. And I want her to just say exactly what she's thinking in like no holds barred, you know? To start off with a rant, I enjoyed this very much. Yeah. Just, just know that. Um, so one of the things that I think I noticed in your vocal quality, because the first song that I actually heard of yours was the one that had a music video, Let Me Be Your Let Girl. Me be your, yeah. And um, you are a trained vocalist in the sense of like Western classical and jazz, musical theater, that kind of thing. And there is a very cabaret-esque quality to the video and even to that song. Oh, was that like quite intentional? Yes, it very much was. We wanted to do like a very kind of... Um, Because it's a song about being queer, we wanted to have that like camp aspect to it, but we also wanted to do something that was just uh, visually interesting. And and it was about, if you read the beginning of the music video, it says, misfits aren't misfits around other misfits, you know? And so it was every outfit and every character in that video was supposed to be like weird and unusual in some way. Mm -hmm. And we gave each of them identities. They all have names at the end, if you see. But it was very intentional, that bar vibe, the whole like yeah. kind of prohibition era queer bar vibe yeah, yeah, yeah. was very much intentional. Yeah, that's who we modeled it that's off. Cool. So you started writing songs since you were 13? Actually before that, but I, yeah. I got my guitar when I was 13. So I would say like those were like the true songs with actual melodies and like, yeah. I mean, harmonies behind them. What kind of stuff are you writing about? Oh my God. <laughs> you have to tell me. I have it's to so know. embarrassing. Okay, so I um, my first ever song that I wrote, I think, was with two of my friends. We were on the playground, um, not playing sports because we were like artists, so we didn't play sports. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, we were like oh, stomach hurting, not playing basketball. We saw this dead frog on the basket, like on the side of the basketball court. And we were like, oh, it's dead, like poking it and stuff. And then it started to move and we were like, oh my God, it's coming alive. And so the first song we wrote in fifth grade was called Coming Alive. And it was not about the frog. It was about like life. And we thought we were being really deep. Um, (laughs) It was just like about like your dreams coming to life and like your kind of fantasies coming to life. Um, Oh, nice. But yeah, I will never reveal, I will never play it. One day, three albums later, you're like, oh, I don't know what to write. Maybe I'll go back to Coming Alive. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> you never know. So um, you <clears> were <throat> in college at the University of Southern California, mm-hmm. right? And being in college abroad, you end up joining a lot of societies and doing a lot of that stuff. Um, firstly, what are the sirens? <laughs> oh, the Sirens were my acapella group in college. Yeah? Yeah, I was in them for all four years. We all, like, it was amazing. One of the best experiences of my college life oh and my life. God. So you did do music at uni, right? Uh, yeah, I did songwriting and psychology both. Okay, so then yeah. music was always something that was, like, a constant. From fifth standard, too late. <laughs> <laughs> yes, from, okay. from when I saw the frog. Uh, from... <laughs> The frog. That's going to become a thing. It came alive in me. I mean, the passion for music came alive in me from 15 years. To the frog. Um, Also, since we were talking about, a little earlier we were talking about uh, Let Me Be Your Girl, um, is that 
a song that you're going to be performing for us today? Yes, I'm going to perform it next. Yes, please. Can you please tell us a little bit about the tune? It's a love song to a girl, pretty much. And she happens to be the ex-girlfriend of my ex-boyfriend, which is hilarious. But, you know... Is this a real life I swear to God. Like, how can you make this up? (laughs) Why would I make this up? It was a very, like, weird time in my life figuring out what was happening. I was like, hey, I just met this amazing, beautiful, smart woman who's, like, exactly like me. Clearly, he has a type. And, like, why (laughs) do I feel this? And this was before I came out. So I was, like, feeling this, like, attraction to her. And I was like... Ech, I don't know what to do with this feeling. And I wasn't dating him anymore, but I was like, this is still a strange feeling to have, right? And so I wrote a song about it. Actually, at first I wrote pages and pages of poetry about it. And then I <laughs> compressed that into like a three-minute Dear song. Dear diary. Yeah, I was just like, what is this feeling? Oh I'm feeling inside. It's coming alive. <laughs> it's coming. I'm telling you, it's a full circle moment Oh right my here. God, it's a sign. I'm supposed to play this. I'm going to play Coming Alive next time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Last and final song <laughs> The true inspiration yeah. for my music career So yeah, that's what Let Me Be A Girl is about It's just about a love song to a girl And it's also just kind of more universally Outside of the queer community I feel like it's also just that feeling you get When you have like a mad crush on someone And mm. um, you just like You want to say all these creepy things to them Like I love you, let's get married But you don't <laughs> because it's like not societally acceptable So I was like I want to be like brazen and shameless In the song and just say exactly What's on my mind and exactly what you would want To say to your crush like let's run away together Like I know I just met you like three seconds ago But like we're soulmates yeah. You know so that's what the song is about <laughs> Oh my God, I love the brutal honesty of all of this. This is so fun. I'm really feeling it also. That's the whole thing of the the lust versus love. When you feel this like sort of very raw attraction to mm-hmm. someone, that it's like everything, like you are the one. <laughs> it is. It's such a powerful feeling though. Like it infatuation is. Is, is almost in a way as strong as love in, in, in like a different way. But yeah. it's very strong. Like it just consumes you sometimes, you know. And yeah. so it's it's a strong feeling for sure. Awesome. So, second song? So, second song, Let Me Be A Girl. Let's run away together I know we just met, but already I know you better Than most will ever get It's not easy finding love in this throwaway world But darling, I could love you if you let me be your girl friends turn into strangers and strangers into lovers i know that you're drawn to danger and the changes under covers maybe he could never thrill you never made my soul's but i could fulfill you if you a sense of distance I can tell we have a thing or two in common but when I look into those eyes they look just like a mirror like I know you from a time and place
having a crush on someone or having an infatuation with someone and it really does become this sort of all consuming sort of feeling and also this thing of like every time you see them you're like have they noticed me and then your brain yes. is going into overdrive right like literally every moment you're like no wonder what they're doing right now oh i saw this meme i should totally send this to them <laughs> it's like everything it's yeah, yeah. It's actually quite traumatizing. It sounds terrible. It's, it's, Having infatuations is awful. I don't know why people do it. It's just, <laughs> no, do not recommend one star. One star. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like it. I don't want to do this anymore. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Done for now. So um, both the songs that you've performed just now are from your EP, Why Should I? Mm-hmm. Which, interestingly enough, is your grandma's catchphrase yes everything about me is super weird as you can glean so basically my grandma has had a crazy life not to go into too much detail but she got married really you can we have lots of time okay great so she got married when she was uh i think 15 and she had my dad when she was 16 so it was like full-on child marriage um but it's full-on child marriage. yeah but i mean she loved my granddad so i guess it was okay um (laughs) wait how old was he um he was a few years older Okay, that's yeah, he was not like 40 or anything. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't weird. Um, I mean, it was, it was weird. But she's amazing. She really, like, she wanted to marry him. She, like, saw him when she was young. She's like, ah, oh, this man. Um, but then when she, it's you know, it's hard to, like, move into a new house. And she was very strong-headed. So when they had uh, my dad and my aunt, she kind of argued a lot to, like, let my aunt be sent to school. And it was not the nicest household that she was married into. So it was a lot of stress for her to kind of, you know, be the perfect bride, be the perfect yeah. bahu, cook, clean, not speak up about her opinions about her children's education. Mm-hmm. But she was very adamant. And, and if they had kicked her out of the house, she literally would have had nowhere to go. Like, you can't go back to your parents, you know, if that happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day. But she stood her ground. She was like, no, like, my daughter's going to get the same opportunity that I didn't get. I think that same rebellious spirit has carried on into her old age. And now she's like super happy. She has a loving, wonderful family. And her catchphrase is, why should I? So if we ever like, Dadi, can you, Dadi, like, do you want to do this thing that she doesn't want to do? She's just like, why should I? And I'm just like, oh, I love you. And I'm like, that's such a great, concise phrase. And so yeah. we all started saying it, like my sister, my dad, my mom, everyone's just like, why should I? And it's that's just so cool, my though. favorite phrase. Yes. <laughs> um, What's your Dadi's name? Her name is Kulsum, Kulsum Qureshi. Oh my God, that's an amazing name. Hi, Dadi. She sounds lovely. She sounds freaking cool. I want to hang out with she's Kulsum cool. Qureshi. She's super cool, dude. She's like, she's so funny. She's amazing. She's so open-minded and just badass. She's awesome. But then, I mean, her voice is in the EP. Yes, I sampled her voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, there's this, like, I think it's called Why Should I Interlude? It is. It's a 14-second song that I produced. It's the only song on the EP that I produced. Oh, nice. um, the rest was produced by my producer and friend, Jinjo. Yeah. Jinjo. Um, slash Austin Foley is his real name. So it, it was the only thing that I was like, I want to produce because it feels so personal. And I, I know exactly how 
I want the syllabulation and the kind of inflections to be in the song. And so I, yeah, chopped it up, put it in a song. What did she say when you asked her, can you say, why should I? She said, why should I? And then I recorded it. <laughs> so you literally asked her to do it. And then she was like, why should I? And you're like, done, thanks, bye. Yeah, pretty much. And then she also says, for what? In the middle. <laughs> you like, listen carefully. She's like, why should I? For what? It's oh amazing. my God. Well done. That's actually freaking hilarious. <laughs> um, so the whole idea around the EP of, you know, why should I? And that being this sort of wonderful catchphrase, it clearly has a really personal element to it. What do you feel like the entire EP was about for you? Well, there's the Dadi aspect of it. But for me, it kind of was more like a symbol of rebellion because each of the songs says something that I was either uncomfortable to say, but I felt like I needed to say, or it's just is like a like hurricane and just like me going off on the world. Like, I'll be angry if I want to. Like, you can't tell me to <laughs> a woman I need to be demure all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for me, it really was a, a sound of rebellion. And I, I know it's not so evident in like the kind of more poppy tracks like Dream Girl. It's very yeah. um, kind of polished and pretty sounding. But if you really listen to the lyrics, they're actually very sarcastic. And so, yeah, for me, it was just the kind of the sound of the rebellion of getting out of my comfort zone. Also, like um, I, I used to do so much indie rock before this. And I kind of wanted to kind of venture into a more uh, bold, poppy sound without the crutch so much of a genre. Yeah. And so I, I just did something very different. Each of the songs was just like an individual idea. And like me and Austin worked to produce it together and um, create something that, that I was happy with. So it was just it was it was very new and very scary for me to make it. But I'm glad I did because now I'm less scared to do like weird shit in the future. Yeah. So one of the things that you <clears throat> talked about, you mentioned your song Hurricane, um, where you're kind of rebelling against this, like you said, idea of like being demure and all that. Right. Mm. You just said that. One of the things that really, again, since we're going on this, like I'm I'm enjoying this rant slash episode that we're doing, which is that, you know, constantly throughout your life as women, we're, we're told what we're not supposed to do, right? Mm. Like, don't sit like that. Don't stand like that. Don't laugh so loud. Don't mm. do this. Don't do that. It's constantly being told that you shouldn't be doing these things rather than like, you know, being told that you can do things, mm -hmm. right? And then... You get to this point where you start to kind of suppress your sort of inner voice, right? Your inner instinct of like mm -hmm. what you feel is right for you. Yeah. Which is where, you know, when you talked earlier about coming out and about not really understanding your feelings about, it's that if you are in a space where everything's open mm -hmm. and you're allowed to sort of express yourself and how you feel, it would have been a very different I guess, understanding of yourself. 100%. And I think that applies on a societal level as well. Like me specifically, I've been really lucky. I have very open-minded parents. Um, but so many of my friends and like just people I see, like it's it's not the same, you know, and th this culture is progressing forward very slowly, if we can say it's <laughs> moving forward. Honestly, I just wrote Hurricane because I have anger issues. <laughs> I was just really pissed off. People were just like, stop yeah. getting so angry. And I was like, no, fuck you. Here's a song about how I am allowed to feel angry. But it is like, I do try to control my anger nowadays because it's it's not helpful for me and my health. But <laughs> I hear you. Man. But like when I was younger, I used to really suppress it. You know, and I would let people walk all over me. And I think that's where this kind of pendulum swing has come from where it went from like just being nice and like a pushover all the time to being like, I'm not going to take shit from anyone, you mm -hmm. know? And so now I found like a happy medium, but Hurricane actually was a very essential song for me to just be like, 
you know, like you can't tell me what to be. Like I'll be what I want to. And for women, it's anger. And for men, I think to a large degree, it's sadness. You know, like they're not so much allowed to express sadness. And it comes out in very violent and like unnecessary ways because they suppress it for like since childhood, you know. Mm. So I just think as a society, we need to like feel our emotions and not suppress anything really and like talk about things openly and 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 not just shut things down because it's taboo or it's not orthodox you're not supposed to do you're not should is like i mean i know my ivy is called why should i but like actually that's because what anytime someone says you should do this i'm always just like why Why should should i I? (laughs) it's gonna be the entire catch first was episode we have to thank her daddy um so lastly and this i found kind of interesting where you know a lot of people when they're figuring out how they want to write their music. Mm. You had done this during the pandemic where you created it like as though it was like a day job. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Can did it help know. though? It did. It was not maybe a day job. It was like an hour a day job, um, which that's really, I would... That's I not would... a day job. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, just that. like a homework like for one hour and then I'm done. Okay, game's time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. School was harder than that, man. School was like eight hours plus homework. Oh, no way. Um, this was actually just kind of a challenge that I set for myself to not get lax. And because I mm. knew I was writing an EP, so I needed like... I think David Bowie once said like he used to write... 200 songs and then pick like the five or the eight or the 13 or whatever that would go on his album and so I was like that's insane how does he write so many songs and I was like to do that I would have to write one or two songs every day so for an hour a day I would just sit and just kind of write whatever came out sometimes it it was like shit it was like one verse that I had to like squeeze out like Mm. a overly squeezed lemon and then other days like two songs would just come out of me and be like oh like productive day You know, but that way I, I I have so many songs now and I'm, most of them are just like verses or just a verse in the chorus and they're never going to see the light of day. Know. But it really helps with your practice. Like the more, it's like creativity is more, it's not like a bucket or whatever that will dry up if you like use it too much. It's more like a muscle that just gets stronger and stronger the more you use it. Use it. No, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I think also, I don't think enough of us give ourselves time to be creative. And so it's kind of nice when you're doing it you give yourself that hour where you get to do whatever it is you want to do. And even if it's like not great, you're like, that's fine. I can still do something. Yeah, that's actually a big part of the journey is just to accept that not everything you write will be great. You know, like you have to make peace with sometimes your mediocrity, with sometimes your like shittiness and not judge it. Like, so (laughs) I I know I'm saying shittiness now in retrospect, but even when I was writing it, sometimes I'd cry and I'd just be like, am I like just a bad songwriter? Like, (laughs) why is this what came out of me today? But then I really, it was just a process of... This is such party, I can't (laughs) believe. I was like, is this trash? Like, am I just... But then it's this process of like constantly reminding yourself that you have to go through the bad songs to get to the good songs. The first oh, song you yeah. write is not going to be a masterpiece. The first song I wrote was Coming Alive. It was a dead frog. Like I'm waiting for that song. <laughs> you know it. So uh, when you were releasing your EP, and I don't know if this actually happened or not, did you end up throwing a slumber party? I am going to now. So oh. like it's, it's actually we're calling my shows slumber parties because we want them to be very like cute and like kind of intimate and and I want to just really connect with my audience and have that feeling of like that safety and that fun and the excitement that you have in a slumber party and at this thing so it's obviously not going to be like at someone's house um it's going to be a gig it's going to be an event at a proper venue but there's going to be like twister there's going to be no alcohol (laughs) (laughs) so lastly before you perform your final song uh what are you kind of working on at the moment 
So currently, um, I am have worked on written a few Hindi songs. Really? Uh, yes. So I kind of want to go more into that space because I feel like it would just reach more people. More people would understand it. And I just I I like writing in Hindi. I've just never kind of learned it professionally. Like I learned how to songwrite in English, you know. So I'm super comfortable with that. Have done it for years and years yeah. and years. With Hindi, it's kind of um a new muscle to flex almost. But I speak the language, so it's just kind of about. getting the rhythm of it down you know yes. and the correct kind of phrasing of things that you want to say yeah. so yeah like there's two songs that i know for sure i'm going to release next it's called mukaddar and parai nice. i hope i do release them cuz this is going to be a fake <laughs> news otherwise <laughs> but um but yeah i'm like really excited about them and um i'm excited to write more hindi it's like it's a beautiful language like once is, once yeah. you get into it and really explore the writing aspect of it you know oh. Awesome. I'm so, excited yeah. about the new song. So, what's the yes. last one you're going to perform today? Uh the last one is going to be um Insecurity. Can you tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about Insecurity besides the fact that it's about <clears throat> insecurity? No, it's actually not. Um uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's about <laughs> confidence. No. It's actually um uh, works on two levels. Uh one of them is obviously about personal insecurity and um just that feeling of like hiding your insecurities constantly instead of just being like so what we all have insecurities and i'm yeah. i've embraced them and i'm fine with them and you know like that's that's just the way it's going to be and the other level is is just like kind of the lack of security in life um like again i wrote oh. this during lockdown so it was just about like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next month or like 5 yeah. months from now you know and i feel like so many people are anxious about the future in myself included often yeah. but if you learn how to embrace the insecurity of life you get a lot less anxious because you're like you know what like i enjoy the fact that things are constantly changing and i don't mind that you know like the future is unknown and it might be shitty but like i'm here now in the moment it's kind of a meditative song for me like i i wrote it to like calm myself down when i was yeah. like feeling nervous and i was just like you know what i'm here now everything that i feel is gone i'm just in the moment and it's going to be okay and and life is insecure but you know what i'm okay with it and so that's what insecurity that's so is nice. about that's nice i mean it's a nice in a way that you wrote the song to sort of get yourself out of that space in your head yeah and i still I, listen to it to like calm down when i'm like nervous about something yeah there is this uh, sort of level of insecurity or impermanence or this idea that like any moment now something awful is going to happen and i particularly think with the pandemic you feel it even more so mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. and then you don't know when things are going to turn upside down any minute so i'm glad that we're ending with that song yeah me too <laughs> so it's like a little bit of like yay maybe this hope and you know what it'll be fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> so cool so your last song is insecurity
I really need to meet her daddy. Legend. Thanks so much to Alia for being on the show. And if there's one thing you should do if you had fun listening to this episode, dot, dot, dot. So as you know, I've become weary having to provide very specific instructions for all of you who are listening. But I'm very excited to say that we have someone very special who joined our team for one month, very special month. Her name is Ashna. She has a message for you. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe, follow, rate and review us on the podcast app of your choice. And come say hi to us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Made in India. See you next week. Same time, same place.